everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Black Case Diaries podcast. Hey, hey. What's up? What's up? Hey. I'm here with my high energy co-hosts. <laughs> yeah, trying to get it up. Adam's here. And Marcy. Woo. Yeah. Adam. Yeah. yeah. Always bam, trying to get bam, it up. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that wasn't very nice. Adam, it's because I love you. Mm-hmm. And tonight's a very special episode. One, because Adam and I are celebrating 15 years of friendship. Yay. Oh, Ooh. yay. It's also a very special episode because we're kicking off our month of Halloween. <laughs> October for us is going to be our theme for October is a Disney Halloween. And we are going to do Disney movies or specials all throughout the month. Spooky. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. We're pretty excited about it. Yeah. So we're we're kicking it off tonight with possibly the most popular Disney Halloween movie of all time. Probably. Mm-hmm. Hocus Pocus. Yes. Ta-da. I thought it'd be really fun to talk about Hocus Pocus and Halloween very early in the month because we want to get everybody into it. Yes. <laughs> It's, it's time. The yeah. whole month of Spooktober. Yes. <laughs> so before we start talking about Halloween movies, I want to talk about where Halloween came from. It's time for a history lesson. Uh-huh. Oh, man. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> so there's a scene in Hocus Pocus. If anybody listening has watched the movie, there's a scene where Max claims that, that Halloween is a conspiracy created by the, ca- the candy companies. That's not true. And Allison really schools him on it. You know? Yeah. I mean, half the candy's not that good anyway so Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's no doubt there's no doubt that halloween has been commercialized but it didn't start out as a commercial holiday it started out with the ancient celtic holiday of samhain samhain is actually the irish word for november you guys are wondering oh they missed the mark there yeah Yeah. i think they blew it (laughs) all right (laughs) so the celts celebrated their new year on november 1st they had a feast called Samhain, and it was meant to be celebrated the day before the first day of November. And it also meant the end of summer and harvest and happy time, and it was about to be cold, and everyone was going to die. Not everybody, but a lot of people. It was ancient <laughs> times, and it was getting to be winter, and that's pretty treacherous. Oops. Yeah. So because they associated the, the coming season with so much death and loss, <laughs> they believed that the boundaries between the living world and the world of the spirits got a little weak at this time and that spirits could kind of cross over into the living world and that's where halloween comes from oh. yeah i want to i just wanted to point out that allison says that it comes from the name all hallows eve which is technically true but halloween is not necessarily it started out as Samhain, and then the romans invaded and catholicism you know how that took goes. over and uh, yeah we've all been there <laughs> we've all been up oh, yeah and pope gregory the third actually moved they had a, an all martyrs day in may and they moved it to be november 1st and they mixed it with the saints and they said this is this is all saints day or all hallows day and then you know 30 the 31st now is all hallows eve instead so that name actually came much later and it is a different thing it's got a different connotation it's right it's a mixture of two different religions right the true essence of halloween is much older than that. yeah yeah the idea was they lit a big bonfire and it was kind of like this big religious fire 
And the the priests, the druids, would use it. They put on masks and they would use it to kind of predict the future, to predict what's going to happen in the new year. And you would take a fire, some fire from the big religious bonfire and have your own. And that way it kind of, you felt like you were safe and that your family might live through the winter. Oh, it was cool. supposed to give you good luck. I, you know, you can pull a few things from there. They wear masks and like yes. fire, like you'd light a jack-o'-lantern or something like that. So there's some things that yeah. they pull over. Oh, but yeah. The real spooky nature of it is Halloween's very pretty cool. modern. Yeah, it pulls from a lot of different cultures. Yeah. It's really, and it changed a lot when it got brought to America. It sure mm-hmm. did. Yeah. The trick-or-treating was not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> America changes everything. That's, <laughs> that's the candy conspiracy right yeah, there. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So we wanted to mention that really quick, just a little bit of a history lesson just for fun. And also, I want to talk about the Salem Witch Trials, because this movie is a little bit based in that reality it's a little bit based in the Salem Witch Trials, and so we're going to just... a hint of it? A very kind of, tiny hint a of it. Smidgen. A smidgen. Right, it kind a of whiff. acknowledges it, but it's not, like, about yeah. it. Yeah, 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 for, for real. So, in 1692, a group of young girls in the Salem Village, in, in Salem Village, Massachusetts, claimed to be possessed by the devil, and they kind of pointed their fingers at some local women and accused them of being witches. And uh, a special court convened to hear the case... And over the course of the next few months, 19 people were hanged, seven people died in jail, and one elderly man was pressed to death by stones. And as the month went on, about 150 men, women, and children were all accused of witchcraft. So there was kind of this hysteria going on. It it went on from early 1692 to, like, fall of 1692. And by the fall, it kind of started to die out a little bit, People started to look uh, at it and think maybe this doing? is a little bit of a maybe people are being a little hysterical. Maybe they're jumping the gun. Some some people have attributed some of the reactions that the girls had had. You know, the girls would come into court and they'd testify and they would throw up and writhe and that kind of thing. And and people oh it must be Act the devil. Like they were possessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some people say that there's actually there might have been some kind of medicine or a particular root that they consumed at that time oh, period that might have given them an allergic reaction that caused those things. And you know this kind of stuff you know over time people kind of started to believe that it might have just been hysteria and not really actually witchcraft i'd say that any event that causes the death of this many people when you're not totally sure is a little bit of a mass hysteria it's a bit of a oopsie daisy yeah yeah a little bit of an overreaction so in the opening sequence of hocus pocus it takes place in 1693 which is actually a whole year after all of that happened in real life so it's a little bit of a shift, probably because the movie came out in 1993 and they needed to be exactly 300 years. To the day. Yes, but 300 years, right. we're down to the day. Yes. Now the witch is the back day. and there's hell to pay. There is hell to pay. Ooh. Yeah. So, yeah, so they needed to be exactly 300 years from 19, from 1693, so that's why they made it. So it is one year off and it's... Honestly, as far as a Disney film, historical inaccuracies, that's not really... <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, only a year is not bad. That one's yeah. not so bad. Right, that's really, you know... And that's pretty much the only historical uh, nugget in the whole movie. Everything else after that is very... Mm. Whatever they want. All right, so now that we've covered the historical bunch, we'll just throw that out. That's done. We're over it. Now it's time to talk about the movie. Yeah. How do you guys feel about Hocus Pocus? It's okay. <laughs> Don't get me like that. I'm just kidding. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's a great. It's great one story. of the. It's one of my f- like 
I'm trying to figure out how to word it, but like one of my favorite performances from the, from the three actresses. Oh yeah. I just I I don't know. Those characters are so fun. Yes. So the producer of the film, David Kirshner, he revealed that the story of Hocus Pocus was a bedtime story that he had written for his daughters. And it was actually based off of some of his real-life experience. When he was a little oh. kid, he took in a black cat, and he named it Inks. Oh. And so they, you know, that was kind of the original inspiration for the story. So he actually submitted the story to Muppet Magazine, which Ooh. I wish still existed. Oh, yeah. It was That'd a magazine, yeah, for the Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> and it was pretty popular. It did really well in the magazine. So then he decided to pitch a movie idea to Disney to see if they would take him up on it. So when he went into the actual studio, or he went into like the boardroom to actually pitch the movie, he decorated it. He went like a half an hour early. He decorated the room and all these Halloween decorations. And his wife had bought a gigantic bag of candy corn. <laughs> and they spelled out October 31st in candy corn on the table and they pitched the movie and Disney seemed to like it. So oh, they, nice. yeah. Yeah. It's really nice. So Disney then called in Kenny Ortega who had, they had already asked to direct Newsies which uh, came yeah, out yeah. one year earlier before this one. So he had two movies in a row. Very His nice. His prime, man. Yeah, and he asked, they asked him to direct Hocus Pocus as well. So, right yeah, the r- movie was originally called Disney's Halloween House, Oof, which change. I definitely think, yeah. Good they, productive yeah. change. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine everybody loving a movie called Dis- Disney's, <laughs> Disney's Halloween, Halloween House? House? Well, I mean, Oof. that sounds like something that Mickey would host. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, the House exact, of Mouse. Yeah. 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 That kind of thing. So let's talk about the plot of this movie. 300 years ago in Salem... The Sanderson sisters would stay young by sucking the lives out of children in the town. When they go after Emily Binks, her older brother Thackeray fails to stop them. Just before the witches are hanged, they cast a spell that will bring them back in 300 years when a virgin will light their black-flamed candle. In present-day Salem, 1993, Max, a skeptical teenage boy, lights the candle to prove that there is no such thing as witches. To his surprise, he resurrects the evil sisters and must keep them from killing all the children of Salem before the sun rises on November 1st. Yikes. I'm sure a lot of you have seen this movie. I'm sure you have. And if you haven't... Just go out and buy it because you, you won't regret it. No. Yeah, it's going to be on Disney+. Plus. Go ahead and pause the podcast <laughs> and go watch it. So the movie stars <clears throat> Bette Midler. Oh, yeah. She plays the lead witch and the oldest sister, Winifred Sanderson. Yeah. Honestly, I oh, God, I love her so much. She's so funny. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, really steals the show in every scene. Luckily, the other two sisters are great as well, so right. it's not like too much. It's totally balanced. Yeah, yeah. So to help Midler with her dialogue, she had people read to her from dictionaries containing old curse words. Ooh. She would use these insults in the film when yelling at her thundering oaf sisters. That's great. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's great. That <laughs> gives another another piece to the authenticity of this movie. <laughs> I like that she More cared names. enough to do that. Yeah, she, that's great. <laughs> really get into the role. Yeah, she took the time to go out and expand. Upon yeah, because she she yeah. she could have awesome. she could have said whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. like you, 
dorks or you know something that <laughs> yeah. you would say in the 90s yeah right but instead loser yeah oh geez could you imagine gosh you guys are such losers we need to get this done tonight get in loser we're going conjuring oh yeah there you go yes. <laughs> she rolls up in, in her broom <laughs> mercedes <laughs> broom all right anyway with the drop top <laughs> So earlier this year, we did an episode about movie musicals, and we referenced Bette Midler's role in Gypsy. Yeah. Do you guys remember yeah. when we talked about it? Well, she references it in this movie. In Gypsy, she says, hello, everyone. My name's Rose. What's yours? She says, ah. she says it. In, and in this movie, as she takes the stage to sing I Put a Spell on You, she says, hello, Salem. My name's Winifred. What's yours? This wow. Direct, yeah. Never realized. And Gypsy yeah. came out in 93 also. Okay. Uh, wow. So did it come out before Hocus Pocus? I don't know. This movie came, Hocus Pocus came out in the summer, so I don't know if Gypsy came out uh, earlier or not, but she must have had the, the notion yeah. in her she mind. Have, she must have already so. filmed Gypsy at mm-hmm. the very least. Yeah. But I thought that was pretty fun. That is. Yeah. She also reportedly really loved playing Winifred and said she would play her for forever if she could. I wouldn't cast anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she would play. There's nobody. There's nobody who could play it as well as she mm-hmm. did. Honestly. She actually really did not like the flying rigs. They thought She thought they were painful mm-hmm. on her back. Well, yeah. that, that's just a, a bummer of the time, I guess. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm sure the technology's gotten better. Right. I mean, I'm certain if they did a remake and they had her play Winifred now, they oh. would just have her in front of a green screen. Which mm. is so lame. Yeah. But she's older now, so she probably shouldn't I be guess, up on rigs <laughs> flying around. I guess yeah. that's true. But if they had her uh, reprise her role as Winifred and then the other sisters were younger or something like that, yeah. those those two would be on like CGI broom. Rigs, yeah. Garbage. Right. Obviously, yeah. Go practical, dang it. Every chance you can. <laughs> Every chance, exactly. Also, the song that she sings in the film, I Put a Spell on You. You guys might re- recognize it. It was done by CCR, mm-hmm. but originally it was sung by Screamin' Jay Hawkins in 1956. And yeah. I just wanted to, I just wanted to make a note of that, mm-hmm. just because you know, when I was a kid, I was very confused that scene. I did not know that he, they were singing an actual song. I thought that she totally made every. I mean, she makes it up. She makes up her own lyrics, mm-hmm. but right. I definitely. The basis, yeah, yeah, I was like, wait, how does that skeleton guy know the song that the witch is about to sing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I was confused about that. <laughs> yeah, the band all of a sudden is just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <God." laughs> exactly, exactly. Hey, I mean, they put a spell on them. I so. mean, you could. Sure. They could have magic. Wrote, they could have done that. If you exactly, that's the thing about this movie. When you're watching this movie, if you have problems with the plot, problems with consistency, just remember, the answer is magic. Mm-hmm. How do they know this? Magic. Why did that happen? Magic. That's just the answer. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Every time. <laughs> it makes it so easy. <laughs> just just don't even think about it. Don't even yeah. think about most of those things. Just, just let it be. Yeah. Let the exactly. magic be. Also starring alongside Bette Midler, there was uh, Kathy Najimy, yes. who played yes. Mary Sanderson. Yes, the brunette witch. Yeah. Kind of the one that I have a connection to. Right, right, right. So um, uh, the three of us are, are the Sanderson sisters. <laughs> Turns out. We, yeah. we are. I'm yeah. Winifred. Yep, I'm Sarah. And I'm Mary. Mary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. It makes sense. Um, 
Well, just to let you know, we kind of missed our date a little bit. It's well past 300 years, but hey, we yeah. survived. But we're back. Yeah. And we're podcasting. We're back. <laughs> That's what we decided to do with our eternity. Oh my gosh. If we had, what if we could like cast a spell so that everybody who listens to us would just like always listen to us? Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. And tell everybody else how to you, listen to us. That would be great. How do they know that we haven't done that already? <laughs> because of our low numbers. No. Don't mention that. <laughs> So Kathleen and Jamie played Mary Sanderson, and uh, she had recently found fame for her role in Sister Act just before she did this movie. Ah. So the role that shot her to stardom. Mm. Yeah, she the the role was originally offered to Rosie O'Donnell, who turned it down. Oh, good. So she said no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think it, it all worked out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no hate on Rosie, but like, you know, yeah, she did a great job. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They wanted her character to be kind of like a bloodhound, and that's why she, that's the, that was the inspiration for the fact that she's always sniffing out the children. I smell children. Yeah, she's she's got that. She's she's kind of like the third in the group. You know how they they kind of have a role. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like she's Larry. Right. Exactly. She's the she's the one at the end who's like along for the ride, kind yeah. of, but then is still got some weird thing that makes her necessary being the, the right f- always being able to find the children yeah the group definitely has a very much of a mo larry curly kind of a vibe mm-hmm. to it which that's just generally you have to have a group like that in order for a trio to to work mm-hmm. right yeah. they have to all count compliment each other mm-hmm. just like us right yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah. don't look at me <laughs> 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 we're talking about your witch, Adam. That's why we're looking at you. <laughs> uh, Kathleen and Jimmy was also a huge, I'm sure she still is, huge Bette Midler fan. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. A gigantic Bette yeah. Midler fan to the point that they got on stage and they started acting together. Not stage, sorry. They got on, on set and started acting together and Bette Midler started to feel like, okay, well, she's my co-star, but also my stalker, so that's fine. And then Kathleen and Jimmy is like, Oh my god. She's right there. I read a story where she said that she delivered a singing telegram to Pet Midler. Oh really? Pretending it was from somebody else, but it was really from her. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. So the third Sanderson sister is Sarah Jessica Parker as Sarah Sanderson. Yeah, Marcy, you're our Sarah. That you want to take Yeah, you know what? Yeah. So Sarah Jessica did her own singing for the role. Which, that's that's incredible. Wonderful. She was incredibly nervous to sing around Bette Midler, and they even had the same singing coach. Yeah, before even before they did this movie, they had yeah. the same singing coach. Oh, nice. What are the odds? That's what we watched a featurette where she was talking about when they had the same coach and how she would stay after when, when Bette Midler was singing with the coach, and she would be hiding in, like, the kitchen and uh, just, just listening to her she, because she was so awesome. Yeah, and she was, like, a young girl when that... Because she was playing yeah. Annie on Broadway yeah. when that was happening. So Sarah Jessica Parker was playing Annie, and then she would stay back and listen. <laughs> mm-hmm. As so, Bette Midler was like, yeah. that's, oh, that's incredible. So she also, when, when doing this role, she tried to couple different voices for her role attempting uh, sound sultry but also unintelligent yeah, she and she wanted to sound stupid yeah but still attractive <laughs> <laughs> and she Hilarious. did it 
She yeah. did it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's, she totally did. It's that third dynamic that the group needed, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody who's got just like, if we bring back the Three Stooges again, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've got that leader. They've got the one kind of along who's necessary. And then they've got, you know, the idiot. Even yeah. though, I guess in, in the case of the Three Stooges, they're, they're all, all idiots. <laughs> but, you yeah. know. But you, you have, there's like a clear leader. Right. It's mm-hmm. that it's that same trope. Yeah. Like, Ed, Ed, and Eddie is another example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also stated in an interview that she believes that Sarah is the most evil of the sisters, as she naturally loves to torture and harm others, while the other sisters learned their evil over time. She'd be the one who would... I know they're after children, but she'd be the one who'd be able to lure in unexpecting men. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. into the house and just like, oh, hey, what's up? And then they just follow her in. Whether they're under her yeah. like actual spell yeah. or just like her a looks spell, right? Yeah, yeah. and then just ooh. absolutely. I she definitely because in the movie she does this thing where she says, "Can I play with them? Let me play with them." Ooh, yeah, she says yeah. that, and I remember watching that with my brother, and he'd be like, "Woof," because it sounds kind of sexual. Yeah, when yeah, she says it, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like a cat playing with its food. Yeah, right. That's you know? what it's, it's it's meant to be. Yeah, right. it's kind of like a just you know, but it torture. W- it works both ways. Yeah. So the next, we got a few different stars on the list after that. The next one here is Omri Katz is Max, the, the main boy protagonist. <laughs> Max Dennison. The role of Max was originally offered to Leonardo DiCaprio, which would have been a whole different movie, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, he turned it down, and they went with Omri. He was 17 at the time, which... Whenever I think about how young actors are, I think, dang it, what am I doing here? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but he, he had starred in the TV show Erie, Indiana, and had since retired from acting. There's also Vanessa Shaw as Allison. And uh, Shaw was the same age as Katz, so it's kind of a rare thing where the actual two leads are about the same age as they are in the movie, and that they're actually the same age as each other. It's kind of a rare thing yeah. the, the the stars aligned <laughs> yeah 300 years later. <laughs> yeah she said she had a great time on set and our favorite memory was the fact that the kids from home improvement actually came over and oh, hung out with them that's pretty great while they were filming. oh that's sweet yeah they were filming on the same lot so they decided to just hang out together did they get to meet him probably Probably at one yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, he was probably <laughs> around all the time, so. Yeah, they're probably still so in awe of Bette Midler, though. They were True. like, yeah, yeah Tim, yeah, Tim Allen. Allen. You're like, he, <laughs> He's not, you know, he's not Buzz Lightyear yet, so who cares? Right, right. <laughs> Plus, I mean, I, I bet, like, she probably thought the kids of Home Improvement were pretty cute. That's probably why oh, she yeah. was oh, hanging yeah. out definitely, with them. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, because I know when I watched it as a kid, I was like, oh, they were so cute. Wow. Well, yeah, I, you know? Yeah. <laughs> It's okay, Marcy. We we've all had that. We've all watched terrible <laughs> you just, shows. You guys look at me though, like okay, <laughs> okay. Marcy. We're just not used to you talking about your sexual awakening like that. <laughs> <laughs> really... <laughs> Ooh, okay. Got him. <laughs> so then there's Thora Birch as Danny Dennison, Max's younger sister, and I think probably arguably, really, her and Max are the two main characters mm-hmm, in the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Thor Birch was 10 years old when she was cast as Danny, and Kenny Ortega still considers her to be one of the most intuitive young actresses he's ever worked with. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, he's still impressed with her. She later revealed that she had a very hard time with the multiple cats 
that were on the set to play Binks because you there are several cats and training a cat is incredibly difficult. Oh yeah. Some would say it's almost impossible. <laughs> Pretty much. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, it's very very hard to do. Yeah. You're yeah. lucky enough if you can get them to use the litter box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you if you made it that far, you're done. Exactly. You did it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So even though her character loves Binks, training cats is really hard and so she, you know, they never quite knew what was going to come out of a scene and and made it a little more difficult for her and she didn't enjoy that part of the job nearly as much. But she also admits that she had a crush on Sean Murray, mm. who was the actor who played Binks in human form. <laughs> and I said, I wrote next to that. I mean, didn't everyone watching that? Yeah. Like, I mean, absolutely. Young, young Thackeray Binks. Oh, oh my. Oof. In the beginning who, of the movie. Who takes care of it or tries to take care of his sister you as know, best as he can. And you know what's, like, yeah, you know what's so funny about you. that is that I used to watch it with my sister, Rachel, and she was, oh, he's so sexy, she'd say. <laughs> oh, she said he's so cute. And his, she's, his voice is so cute. And I just, I love that because the next part, <laughs> we're going to talk about Sean Murray. And James and Jason Marsden, who played Thackeray Binks. So, this is kind of interesting. Sean Murray played the live action, running around, acting in the opening sequence and the closing sequences of the film. He plays the human form of Thackeray Binks. But as the cat, Jason Marsden voiced Thackeray Binks. Mm-hmm. So, what a weird thing. Yeah, choice. it is a little strange. So he, because Jason Marsden is an incredible voice actor. He's got a great voice. If you, like, if you, he was already like a voice actor at this time. But he was the voice of Max in a Goofy movie, which came out a couple years later than the, after this one. And also, he was on Full House for a bit. He played DJ's rich boyfriend. Yeah, he. If you guys he's remember, done a lot of stuff. He was on Boy Meets World. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he was really kind of popular and. He's got a great voice, so I see why they chose him. I just don't understand why, since he was a young teenager at this time also, why he didn't just play Thackeray he Banks. He could have just played him, yeah. As mm-hmm. a, a human. <laughs> I, I guess they purposefully needed a more attractive-looking character. I don't know. Or Jason <laughs> I know, right? Or maybe it was the hair color. I, I mean, love, it could have been. I love James, Jason. Well, yeah, because Jason Marsden is like, he got really I think dark. He's got dark, really black dark. hair. Yeah, whereas yeah. Uh, Sean Murray had, had lighter it, Yeah, Yeah, it could have absolutely been hair. that, like, trying to make the character look like he was from 300 years or ago. Or that he looked the... like he, he was related to that little girl. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've... I mean, they could have also just gotten Sean Murray to voice the cat. Right. Like, they could have gone either way. Yeah, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I definitely think that the choice to have Jason Marsden voice the cat was a really good choice, just yeah. because he has such a great voice. A stronger performance, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, after they had him vo- do the voiceover for the cat, what they did, was they realized that Sean Murray, when he speaks in the beginning of the movie, it sounded too different from the cat's voice, so they just had Jason Marsden dub over the speaking parts at the beginning of the film also that's why the voice sounds consistent all the way through even though two different people are playing the cat huh. yeah all of that the opening sequence all of that is dubbed oh interesting mm-hmm. yeah kind of cool i feel like that's the long way around <laughs> but... really they could just had jason Harrison play that. <laughs> right i mean nobody nobody would have been like hmm, that guy doesn't look like he's from yeah, sixteen ninety three. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, as we said earlier this episode, if you have any questions, 
Magic is the answer. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Magic. So, Sean Murray is also known for NCIS. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I wonder if your sister liked him in that, too. I don't know. <laughs> I just know that she liked him with long hair and uh, with Jason Marsden's voice. Gotcha. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Maybe it was the voice thing. I really think it was the voice that made her like him. <laughs> the cat was played by real-life cats, but also some animatronic cats. They used some puppetry mm. and some animatronics, and with a little bit of CGI. Yeah. Early 90s CGI. Gotta love that stuff. Stands man. up really well, honestly. Sure does. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't know. Yeah. How they did it, I mean, it had to have been something like that, just mm-hmm. thinking about it. But, yeah, it, it does hold up extremely well. Luckily, a black cat with no discernible details on the face yeah. is easy for them to animate, but it, it really worked out. I prefer my favorite way. Sorry to go on a little tangent here, but my it's favorite. Okay, it's tangent time. Yes, my favorite way that they do animal voices has still got to be Homeward Bound. Yeah. Where the, mm-hmm. the animal is completely real. It's just, you know, an, a, an animal acting, and they can talk to each other, but they don't... Who cares about the mouth moving? <laughs> right. It right, doesn't exactly. matter. No one needs it. Nobody no one needs that. it. No. It's still my oh. favorite way. Right. So, also, there's Doug Jones as Billy Butcherson. And I want to just mention that Doug Jones, he's a well-respected character actor, and he still is a pretty good character. He still works today. And he was meant to be... He was designed to be an attractive zombie. I read that somewhere, too. <laughs> oh. That, yeah, they wanted... they. They, you know, a lot of people have kind of sheepishly admitted that they were kind of attracted to Billy, the zombie in this, <laughs> and that made him feel a little weird. And Kenny Ortega came out at one point and said, well, no, we, we wanted him to look as good as possible. Right. Yeah. We want him to look friendly. We wanted him to look like somebody you'd want to hang out with. So right. it, it's not so weird. Not that you're... super decay gross. Yeah. Like yeah. Walking Dead style. Yeah. He said that he's actually said that people have contacted him. And said that that he was their first on screen crush, like little girl the zombie. Oh, wow. Yeah, the zombie from oh. yeah. He's that's really cool. They, they, <laughs> I guess <laughs> they made it past Sean Murray. Yeah, and yep. then they did. They and felt, they went for the. They felt nothing until the zombie. Right. Came it's out. like it's it, yeah. You really learn something about somebody if you ask them who they were attracted to when they watched Hocus mm-hmm. Pocus as a child. Like, <laughs> yeah. Were you attracted? Who was it? The kid in the beginning? Was it the zombie? Who was it? Was it you the know? cat? Well, yeah. Yeah. No judgment. Yeah. No judgment here. You just tell us who. Was <laughs> that should be an interview question? That'd be a great Twitter poll. <laughs> yeah, which character from Hocus Pocus were you most attracted to as a child? <laughs> anyway, uh, so in the beginning of in the near, nearly near the beginning of the movie, when Billy first shows up, he loses his head, and we just learned, yeah, that you know the body walking around was a woman. In a suit that just looks like a body. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's one of those cool suits. They they used it in Are You Afraid of the Dark? In the Headless Horseman episode. Yeah. Where the shoulders are held up higher than your head. So when your face is covered, it looks like you're just a taller person with no head. Yeah. It's kind of awesome. Yeah. yeah. I just honestly never even thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it could have just been him in the suit too. But they, they got a... a yeah. A woman stunt, a stunt woman to to do it for him, which I imagine it was so that I guess I don't know how tall she is, but maybe if she was a little bit shorter than him, yeah, that way without the head, it would still be about the same proportions, right? Right, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, in the scene, one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. When he cuts open his mouth, yes, and moths fly out of it, those were alive, real moths 
that he was holding in his mouth. Oh my gosh, then, uh, really? Yes, and when he cut his mouth open and opened the mouths, the moths flew out of his mouth. Yeah. Wow. Those are, those are legitimate. Oh my gosh. That is dedication <laughs> I right wouldn't there. do that. Yeah. I would not either. This movie is changed for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole different experience knowing that. <laughs> like, Oh, man, because they'd probably be fluttering they around were, in there. They, you know like, they were fluttering like oh, crazy yeah. in there. I'm surprised they didn't get all, like, saliva on their wings and I, not be able to fly. Oh, man. What if they had to, like, dry his mouth out? Oh. Oh, like when you go to the dentist and stuff and yeah, they, like, they, dry sh- your yeah, mouth? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, they actually built a rig inside his mouth to house the moths so i don't know i don't think that their wings were actually touching the inside of his mouth and uh, i think they put some dust in there too because you know he opens his mouth and the moths fly out but also he coughs up some dust wow props that's crazy right props dad and in that moment when he cuts open his mouth he was supposed to say bitch to (laughs) winifred sanderson he was supposed to call her a bitch but he was uncomfortable saying, he said he was un- uncomfortable calling her that in a children's movie. Uh-huh. So they changed, he, he talked with them and they changed the lines. I don't know how much of it was improvised, but they changed it to... Wench. <gasps> Trollop, you bucktooth mop ride firefly from hell. Ah! I've waited centuries to say that. I like better. it. Much it, better. Yeah, it is better. Yeah. Much more elegant. I yeah. Think, yeah, I think so. Something somebody who was also dead for a long time would have said something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh-huh. but they also I'm, I'm proud of them for not going the easy way and just changing bitch to witch. Yeah. Witch. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean she yeah. is a witch, so yeah. that wouldn't have been quite the insult. You know? Right, right, right. Yeah. I like it more this way because it seems like he thought about it more. Yeah. yeah. He like, spent I mean, all that time thinking bitch about is it. Just just one simple word. <laughs> like come up he with had it, like yeah. yeah. Also, Billy fucking, he is looking good for a Mm -hmm. 300-year-old dead guy. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't it just be bones? (laughs) At that point. Magic. Yeah. Magic. 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 Don't think about it. Magic. (laughs) She she kept him, you know, in good enough condition so if she ever needed him. He was actually buried in the same casket that they intended to bury Snow White in. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. She was, yeah, he was preserved. <laughs> I mean, it is Disney. There you go. Yeah, yeah maybe he was mummified. Maybe that was what, <laughs> what they did. So Gary and Penny Marshall also show up in this movie. Yeah, as Satan and his wife. This <laughs> <laughs> is yeah. pretty funny. Gary, it's, yeah. This is, I think it's the only time I can think of where it's a movie with Satan and he's got a wife. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gary... Marshall was he often would show up in his movies and this wasn't one that he directed but he still showed up in it which I think mm-hmm. is pretty funny and he showed up with his sister Penny who is also a director they're both really famous directors Penny Marshall for example directed the movie Big yeah. if you guys have, oh, nice. Tom Hanks yeah. yeah that's a great movie yeah so you know that's really cool really it was really cool they showed up and that they were brother and sister in this scene because this scene is very funny yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah when they go into the house and oh a torture chamber they find the kitchen and the appliances and, <laughs> and they think she's medusa because yes. she has her hair all like <laughs> in curl oh, like mm-hmm. these weird curler type thingies yeah and <laughs> yeah so that's pretty much the mo- most of the main actors in the movie and that's you know mm-hmm. yeah okay we're going to take a quick break 
to hear a promo from our friends at the 90s Court Podcast. Hey guys, this is Lisa Monahan. And this is Andy Cloudfilter. And we are the hosts of 90s Court, a podcast that takes two awesome things from the 90s and pits them against each other in court. We present our cases and you vote online to say who wins. Twister versus Independence Day? Twister, obviously. Nirvana versus Smashing Pumpkins? Nirvana, duh. Bubble Jug versus Doritos 3D? That's a hard pass, neither. Join us for a ridiculous trip down Nostalgia Lane as we dive into the best games, movies, music, and more from the 90s. Subscribe now and listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. So let's talk about how the movie was made. Yeah. Magic, done. All right. <laughs> Good old right. Disney magic. Yeah. Yeah. Case closed. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, originally the Sanderson sisters had a much bigger role in the film before editing. Kathy Najimi and Sarah Jessica Parker both revealed in interviews that the film was edited to be different than what it was shot. Wow. They both talked about it. They're both very surprised. Me and Marcy actually just watched an interview with Sarah Jessica Parker where she was very shocked she said, "Well, it's it's very different than what I thought it was going to be." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. And yeah, they definitely they cut the movie to be different. There were several scenes with the sisters that had been cut from the film, presumably because Disney wanted the film to be more family-friendly and for the children to be the main characters. I see. I guess it kind of makes sense. Yeah. I mean, they definitely pulled it off. Mm-hmm. The the kids feel like the main characters, yeah. but It's amazing to me that they shot this film for six months, and I guess it was like that was the plan. And then when they were editing, they thought, you know what? Let's just make it more about the kids than the, than the witches. Huh. What a deci- what a what a late in the game decision. Yeah. To make. yeah. What a bold one. It would have been. Yeah. It would have been a whole different movie. I mean, yeah. just thinking about if the if the you don't even have to get any more plot, but just thinking that the witches are the main characters. How would you like go about? not rooting for them <laughs> right, right 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 well you do kind of root for them a little bit when in, you're watching in it some ways kid, yeah you didn't hate them they're too much fun yeah 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 that scene where she's like oh you know the, the one that made fun of me she called me oh you know and they're like the one that called you ugly and she's like yeah she didn't she doesn't even know me yeah, yeah. <laughs> the budget on the film was small so the costume designers reused old disney costumes from other live action features what? especially for the town hall dance scene. Some of these movies are old Disney films that Adam and I have watched recently because oh, we're quietly yeah. trying to watch all of the Disney live action movies. Oh boy. Remember some of those movies we watched? <laughs> mm-hmm. Those those are they use those costumes. Wow. In that town I guess hall I'm scene. not surprised. That's amazing. Yeah, it was like the sword and the rose and stuff yeah. like that. The filmmakers went to Salem to research the film and the opening scenes were shot in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Max's house is a real house that they took exterior shots of and Allison's house is actually a museum. Oh, no wow. wonder it looks so cool and fancy. And yeah, yeah well kept. Yeah. Yes, very well kept. <laughs> Almost yeah. unlived in. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. And the rest of the movie was shot in California on a sta- soundstage. Oh, boo. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the, yeah, but at least the beginning was shot in Salem. Yeah. Hey, there, right? yep. And, yeah. and you know what? Props to the set designers because it looks good always. Right. The whole I, movie looks great. Yeah, I actually read that the whole movie was shot on a soundstage, but I watched an interview with Sean Murray, mm-hmm. and he said that the beginning was shot in Massachusetts, and he was there, so the I'm saying he's right. The truth is out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying he's right, yeah. And also, I thought it was a little funny, a bit of a funny detail, that the bullies in the movie make fun of Max by calling him Hollywood, and the whole movie was shot in Hollywood. <laughs> really? 
got him. Like, like what? What? <laughs> yeah. Well-known stunt coordinators and engineers used rigs in order for the three witches to fly throughout the movie. While flying was fun for some, it was painful for others. The scenes were tough to coordinate, but gave the film a very real feel. Thora Birch was delighted to be the only child in the movie that got to do flying stunts, though at the end, Omri Katz gets pulled up by <laughs> by Winifred. Yeah, and he, is, yeah. Yeah, he does a few rig stunts, but not the same as like. He doesn't actually get to fly on the broomstick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. So that was pretty cool. And so that's how they got, they kind of took care of those special effects, which is... Which is great. Yeah. It, it really helps the film hold up over time. I mean, like we said earlier, any chance you have to use practical effects is just the way to go. Yeah. Just, you know, it helps with the actors and their performance because being, you know, having to kind of ride the broom mm-hmm. and, and do these gestures as if they were flying on a broom rather than just yeah. sitting on a green it feels screen. real it feels so real it does it just brings out the best of everyone and like yeah. with a great set a great crew making sure that the you know flying is safe and yet you know accurate to right. what they want to do yeah it just worked it all you got like little out. puppets they were using little mm-hmm. puppets and also for flying this is kind of crazy right one of the kind of one of the choreographer just kind of workers on the film she was one of the stunt coordinators. I'm sorry, and she took the three witches. She took them out in the car and had and drove with them, and because she wanted to see how they drove cars, and she said, "We're gonna model your flight patterns the way you fly, oh. based oh. on how you drive a car." How cool is that? <laughs> yeah, it's really crazy. What I a mean, great detail. I know, incredible, incredible yeah. detail. Because I, I was reading about how I guess Sarah Jessica Parker is mm-hmm. very tight. You know. It kind of intense driver, and so that's why she's like leans forward more yeah, hold, and, and holds onto the broom really tightly. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So this was Kenny Ortega's second film, dude. Yeah. Since he started in the industry as a dancer and a choreographer, he wanted to he wanted there to be a very fluid tone to the movie. He choreographed the musical number but also the regular scenes. And Bette Midler pointed out that she had never acted as part of a trio before. And that she she liked that she felt like she was part of a unit instead of just acting solo on her own. So this is the first time she felt like she was kind of connected to the other actors and that they kind of all acted together. You know, and one moment of the movie that really reminds me of that is the scene where they're when they first leave the house and they're walking on the blacktop oh, yeah. and they're kind of, oh, 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 oh. they're like got turning, you know, they kind of yeah. move all together at the same time yeah. as they're walking. And it's very, very funny. Oh, yes. But it's, you know, it, it's obviously choreographed. They were told to do it that way. And yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. And you get that feeling from one like super famous gift that you see all over the place of the three of them next to each other, like. Yes, putting, yes. Putting their hands out. Uh, I forget what the context of the scene. Bend the bones and twist the back. Yeah. 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 And, yes. they're, and they're all doing the, doing the spell doing the spell. to make mm-hmm. Thackeray. They're, they're so close to each other. It's baby fat. A, I mean, yeah, it's like almost like they were a three-headed something. Like they're so close and yes. so in sync that it's, you know, it's they kinda, all it's have the so same. It's so neat. That's the same moment I was actually thinking of, yeah. too. I was yeah. like, it's between, yeah. you know, the scene where they're walking on the street or that scene. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of great moments like that, you know, where they all do the same thing at the same time. It's Mm -hmm. really cool. So also I want to mention that since this is Kenny Ortega's second film, his first film was Newsies, both flops. (laughs) We'll get to that in a second. The score of the film was incredible. That's just my opinion. 
It's not even. <laughs> I wrote it on here like it was a fact, but it's not. It's my opinion, but I still think it's a great score. It may as well be fact. Yeah. It's done by John Debney. With a little help from the well-known composer James Horner. Ooh, James Horner. <sighs> we could do an episode just about James Horner. <laughs> anyway, so James Horner wrote the melody for Come Little Children or Garden of Magic or Sarah's Theme. That's the three names that that song is known. <laughs> and you guys know the song, right? Mm-hmm. Come little children. And she sings a song as she Don't flies through the air. Away. Yes. Yeah. James Horner <laughs> wrote the theme for that. And the, and the words were written by Brock Walsh, who also wrote the chants that the witches do during the movie. Like I was just saying, bend the bones and twist the back. He wrote, he wrote stuff like that for, because it's a lot of melodic it, spells or like a song. Yeah, writing it, writing out a spell like lyrics just makes it flow and it just feels like they know it by heart and they're just like. Phew. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so complicated, but they know it. It's like a poem. Yeah. You know, it's really mm-hmm. easy to, it's easier to memorize something if it rhymes, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, so it's like a nice little melodic thing. So that's that's a really great moment in the, in the movie. And that song actually pops up three times, I think. Mm-hmm. She sings it in the very beginning of the movie. And then also she sings it halfway through the movie when they first meet when they first meet Danny, I think. She says, come little, ch-, you know. Mm-hmm. And then again she sings it, but it's like a big romantic moment. She's on the yeah. broom. She's all by herself. <laughs> she's got, got the wind blowing behind her. showstopper. Yeah, yeah, she's singing. Yes. So the movie opened in July of 1993, and it completely flopped. Much like Newsies, Ortega's film from the summer before, it became a cult classic. Honestly, even more than a cult classic, the film has reached insane levels of, impop- of popularity since its release. A lot of people attribute it to its view to the continuous playings on Disney Channel, and a lot of it has to do with just young children that watched it in the early 90s that are now showing it to their kids and. It's really, it's kind of a phenomenon. And the yeah. fact that it's just good. Yeah, it's a good <laughs> movie. Too. Like, it's a real shame that it flopped. Cause I guess nobody went to see it. Nobody was interested. Or, I, yeah. I don't know. but And, yeah, critics still maintain that it's not that good of a movie. But, I mean, honestly, wow. it's, I think it's pretty good. It's got a pretty good, pretty solid story, at least. Yeah. I think the story is good. And, uh, you know, the effects are very good. You know, I feel like critics don't appreciate overacting yeah sometimes mm-hmm. jake um adam's a big fan of uh <laughs> jim carrey <laughs> wow yeah um, i mean once you said that i was like ah oh, yes like your man like your man jim like my boy jim yeah We're on a first name basis you know? <laughs> um, but yeah so, I, you know sometimes it can work out you know yeah but i feel like most of the time critics don't like it as much you know, real cr- real critically praised movies are real, like, serious Oscar nominees yeah, and yeah. those kind of things. But, like, you know, yes. there's, there's something to be said for, for this kind of style. I mean, these these characters are supposed to be over the top. You know, mm-hmm. where I read that, that it said that critics still maintain that, I'm not certain if those were just still the same critics from before or if those are newer critics today. Because I would say that based on critics that I know and what I've seen recently there are a lot of critics out there that really understand the value of a movie that isn't very serious and that mm. is kind of fun and it is a nice movie for the kids or the family well, that's good i, I think mm-hmm. that there that that is an attitude now that i am seeing a lot more so i think that if it came out today I was mm-hmm. yeah honestly if this movie the way that it is now like if they had done these practical effects and if they had done all this and it come out today it would have been incredibly popular today oh yeah i think the other thing that uh really 
brings it about today is the fact that it's so memeable. Like everything now that people, <laughs> you know, like they Absolutely. they make memes yes, of it. Yes, I I use the I am calm gift. Yeah, I am calm. <laughs> I am calm. Oh, love that so much. I use it all the time. I saw there was a People magazine interview, and Kenny Ortega said that he was walking out of a theater, and a young college girl called after him, and she said, "You know, Mr. Ortega," and and he turned around, and was like, "Yeah," and she she was like, "Thank you for Hocus Pocus," and I just I think that's so Aww. sweet. That's really that's nice. That's really nice. It's such a nice little a nice little moment. He and he, like he said in the interview, like, look, she was not old enough to have been a child when that movie came out. So, you know, people are still discovering this movie and they're yeah. still loving it. And it's that's a nice, a nice thought. Yeah. And thank you for Newsies, Kenny Ortega. Yes, yeah. Also. Yeah. It's awesome <laughs> that she also knew what he looked like. Yeah. Who he was. Not, not a lot of people <laughs> yeah. would like yeah. just know what a director would look like. Yeah. I could know? name you a few. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I could pick out a few in a crowd, but. I honestly, that's, that's the weird thing too. I agree with you because I know what Kenny Ortega looked like mm-hmm. when he was doing Newsies because yeah. I watched all the behind the scenes things for Newsies. But I couldn't tell you what he looked like now. Oh. Yeah. But don't worry, guys. We're going to do a Kenny Ortega episode in the future. Oh, we yeah. promise. Yes. I, I'm very happy that this movie is as popular as it is and continues to grow in popularity. But <laughs> the, the the opposite of a silver lining, the, mm-hmm. the copper lining, I don't know what you want to call it, is that they're considering redoing it aren't they oh yeah that was mentioned yes. yeah yeah oh, i yeah, think yeah. i think that the they might have settled on just like a disney channel original movie it's like spinoff kind of spinoff thing, or... maybe sequel okay i guess that's not as bad yeah i mean i don't think that it's gonna be as big of a thing okay i don't think it's gonna be yeah i'd rather it go that way yeah um because yeah. <laughs> i can appreciate dabbling in the universe or something like that i think a prequel mm-hmm. movie where we watch the sanderson sisters grow up would be kind of interesting that yeah would be that interesting. kind of stuff i'm in on okay that's good i'm that yeah. makes me relax a little bit yeah. i i feel like they might have actually listened to the backlash online there yeah, was a lot, there was a lot. I, I know that there were a lot of memes it was like the re i'm sorry what they're they're doing a sequel to hocus pocus and it's not going to have the original cast and then it was a picture of a pumpkin in the trash can (laughs) (laughs) halloween's ruined (laughs) cancel it (laughs) i mean it's it's one of those movies it's become something that a lot of people probably watch every year yeah you know so Mm -hmm. it's it's synonymous with the holiday it's so ingrained in the holiday that you can't you can't Absolutely. mess with it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It was magic. You can't mess with magic. Nope. So what are your guys' favorite scenes from the movie? Well, I already mentioned the I am calm. I love that <laughs> so much. And the whole scene of them brewing in their big cauldron. I don't know. Something about the effects in that scene I love. Oh, yeah. Like the, just the, the – I don't know if it was dry ice or what they used to, to, to make the cauldron yeah. all smoky and bubbly. I just – I don't know. I love that stuff. I love the uh, the lightning fingers. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh her my force, god! Her force powers. Yes, they animated it. I love that it was like animation. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I that's so that's hand, so great. Yeah, hand drawn yes. on there, which is amazing because you know now it would be CGI. It'd be CGI, and I just I love the look of it. Mm-hmm. I think it looks amazing. I think one of my favorite scenes from this movie. I have a I have quite a few. One of them would be 
when they first come into the town and all of the kids are dressed up in costumes mm-hmm. and they're confused and they think they're all hobgoblins. Yeah. <laughs> I love that scene because that's kind of what costumes were supposed to be, right? Right. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to kind of trick the spirits and uh, they get tricked, you know, yeah. they're confused. They don't understand. They're like, I smell children. She says, Mary says, I smell children, but I don't see them anywhere. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's so brilliant. And along, I mean, uh, along with that, I love how when they set their brooms down to go into <laughs> Satan's house, how three little girls dressed as the Sanderson sisters take the Sanderson sisters' brooms. And they never return to that. <laughs> That's so beautiful. They, you have no idea the character. The girls literally, you hear them take off. Like they yeah. fly away. They're like, wee! Like they're gone. Wow. <laughs> and... Uh, is and this at the end? No, this is in the no, middle of the movie. Really? And you and there's no they never follow up with it no. for the rest of the movie. It's wow. Just, yeah, it's just, that's it. That like, sounds like a fade to black moment. Yeah. <laughs> like you just you just hear that we like that should be like a, a post credit scene. Yeah. Like they you know maybe, maybe that's what they should do. They should bring new witches and it's uh the it's three those of three them. girls oh. follow up they follow up with those three girls from there the from go. the first movie. <laughs> that that'd be a really interesting concept. Right? See that? At least a short a short yeah. film of that. That would be pretty pretty uh-huh. cool. I also love I love that. I love the scene. Obviously, I think my absolute favorite scene. In this movie, my number one is the scene where Bette Midler sings in the town hall. I put a spell oh on you. Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, <sighs> top tier. So beautiful. Oh my God, yes. I love that scene. We watched that over and over and over again when I was a kid. It just was so fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a great song. I wish I, I wish there was like a full version of that song. <laughs> oh, yeah. I could have it. Yeah. yeah. That song put a spell on all of us. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I and mean, the parents are stuck dancing for the rest of their lives until until the Sanders sisters are dead. You know, being the age that I am now, oh my God, I could not imagine <laughs> staying out all night dancing, hardcore all night. Yeah, it's like, like 6 a.m. Oh when they're gosh. all like coming out of the of the town hall and, and they're, you know, kind of yeah. tired And they've probably been dancing since like I, 8 or 9 p.m. Yeah. I don't remember. Oh. Are they... Are they conscious of themselves dancing or are they completely spellbound and they're just I dancing? have no idea. I mean, when they come out, they're yeah. so tired. Because yeah. I can imagine <laughs> it, it could have gone either way. If they're like completely spellbound and they're just dancing, they're having a great time, that's fine. But then think about it the other way. Say that they were still like conscious without them yeah. in control. And they're like, why am I still dancing? God, I'm so tired. I need to stop. But they can't stop dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, dance yeah. until you die. So yeah, I love that, and oh, everything man. with Billy is movie. awesome. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. The scene, of course, the end when mm-hmm. they explode. Oh, that's one of my favorite things too. The witches can't go on hollowed ground, right? So they can't mm-hmm. they can't set foot in the graveyard. And at the end of the movie, Bette Midler falls into the graveyard, and then she craw- crawls around and starts sucking up Max's life force, mm-hmm. which probably took about a good three or four years off his life at least. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And, yeah, and um, as she's doing that, she turns to stone, and then she turns to dust because mm-hmm. the sun comes up. Mm-hmm. They kept the detail, you mm-hmm. know, even though it took a little longer than it probably should have, yeah. but she turns to stone, and then she turns to dust, and I thought that was such a nice, right. consistent... If, if she had done that, at like midnight and there was still a couple of hours before sunrise and she would have just been stone. Yeah. And then the sunrise. And then she'd burst into dust. Right. 
right i love that mm. glitter bomb the green glitter yeah mm. yeah i think they all were different colors weren't they yes yeah yeah purple red and green yep mm-hmm. yeah beautiful and I, I mean, yeah, I just, I have so many good memories of this movie. My number one memory of this movie, though, is when I <laughs> showed it to Marcy and I I wasn't allowed to see her for three years. Oh, yeah, my God. That was good times, huh? It was, it was the summer of 2004. It was the best of times. And, uh, yeah, no, I remember we actually, we showed it to you. We, it was, it was summertime. And because it was Halloween all year all year long at my house when oh, I was yeah. a kid, we watched whatever we fancied. And uh, Marcy was over, and I said, "Let's watch Hocus Pocus." <laughs> and my sister Rachel said, "Well, wait, hold on. There's witches in that. Marcy's mother is not a fan of that." <laughs> and Marcy said, I, "I'll never forget it." Marcy said, "I won't tell her if you don't." <laughs> Wow. Yeah, so we don't, yeah. I hope she'll Rebel. never listen to this, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> your mom. In, in my days, yep. <laughs> yeah, Marcy, Marcy is such a rebel. And so we said, okay, so we started to watch, we watched the movie, and then when Marcy went home, someone asked, what'd you do at Robbins? Marcy said, we watched Hocus Pocus, and her, one of her many brothers, I don't know which yeah. one, mm. ratted her out. Oh, God. And subsequently ruined our lives for the next three yeah. years. Pretty, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> He said, that's a witch movie, Mom. Oh, uh, yeah. Only yeah. birthdays. I only saw Marcy on birthdays yeah. for the next wow. three and years. And school, that was it. School and birthdays. That was the extent of our relationship Man, at that time. I mean, geez, at least you had school, right? Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. my gosh. You didn't, like, uh, oh, my gosh. It was, it was basically like Anne of Green Gables, it was you almost, know? You, yes. You, you it was and almost exactly yeah. like Anne that. and Diane. Twi- you know, only get to see each other twice a year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Really close. <laughs> 11 days apart and then nothing else for the rest of the year yeah three years yep i love it i don't think i'll ever get sick of it i mean if i'm not sick of it yet i probably won't right (laughs) after this many times movie is just so much fun that's really that's the best way to describe it it's such a fun movie to watch and experience into i mean meme and it's it's a disney classic it sure is yeah yeah so hopefully we touched on everything that you guys love about this movie. If we didn't, t- tweet at us. Tell us what you yeah. love about Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. We want to hear about it. Yeah, who are you yeah. most attracted to? Yes, who were you most attracted to when you watched Hocus Pocus? For me, it was it was probably Max. I think I was most attracted mm. to Max when I watched Hocus yeah? Pocus. Yeah, probably. Oh, nice. Probably. Though I did think Thackeray was pretty sexy. Oh, yeah. But mm-hmm. Thackeray with with Jason Marston's voice, though. Not right. Gotcha, the the, gotcha. the twofer that yes, created yes. the perfect. The, the, especially <laughs> the ending scene with him. With him. Oh, yeah. yeah. With Sean Murray's body, but... But Jason Marsden's voice, voice, yeah, perfect. There we'll you see, go. I liked Thackeray, but I also liked uh, Sean Murray in NCIS. So no. I don't know. I might have actually liked, you know, Thackeray. You <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Adam? Allison? Ooh, um, I don't know. Well, the thing is, I didn't see this movie when I was super young. Oh. Uh, okay. So I saw it when I was a lot older, and by then I probably... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, probably not any <laughs> of them. Know. They're all children. Yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, maybe it was Ben Midler then. I or was Sarah say, Jessica. Ooh, Sarah Jessica Parker. I was going to yeah. say one of the three. Uh, <laughs> it, was Sarah, it was Sarah Jessica yeah. Parker. We know. Adam's in the blondes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I mean, I can't deny it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. He has a track record. But shoot, I don't know. I don't remember the first time I saw it. 
it, I'm sure you showed it to me, um, <laughs> Robin, because I don't I don't know if I would have seen it. I think he just says it, that as a safety net to keep me from going. I showed it to you, Adam. <laughs> We well, did watch it in Athens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, but it is possible that I caught it on Disney Channel one time. You or probably like did. That. I'm guessing that your older sister liked this movie. Oh, probably. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I would think. Yeah. But anyways. Yeah. It's yeah. great, great little flick. Exactly. <laughs> it is a good movie, and uh, I would say this is another case closed. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So you can follow us on Twitter at Black Case Diary or on Instagram at Black Case Diaries Podcast. We have a Patreon if you're interested in, in following us. There you can find Marcy's drink of the week. Yeah. I believe we called this one the Black Flame. The Black Flame. After Ooh. the Black Flame candle. Yes. Oh my. <laughs> it's just a bunch of hocus pocus. It is. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So head on over to patreon.com slash blackcasediaries. And you can, see, you can see the recipe for all of the drinks of the week for free. Yeah. They're just on there. So you can just scroll through and look at them. Mm-hmm. No commitment necessary. Yep. Mm-mm. But if you want an extended version of this very episode. And some other episodes. And some other cool goodies. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, come on. It's just a bunch of hocus pocus.